This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Trader, trade, trader, Cobb Crypto Podcast. Podcast. This is the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. This is firefighter Raphael Porriette reminding you that every day a portion of every firehouse sub's purchase goes towards helping first responders. Try the new pastrami Reuben, loaded with hot pastrami, sweet and tangy slaw, and melted Swiss. For a limited time, get a medium pastrami Reuben for just $6.39. Firehouse subs, enjoy more subs, save more lives. Limited time offer at participating locations. Firehouse subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase. You guys can hear me, right? Yeah, we yeah, got you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. That was our amazing special guest today. This is Trader Cobb, and he's going to be with us for a while just to hang out and tell us, tell us about himself and cover some news with us. So, Trader Cobb, Craig, thanks for joining us today. No worries. An absolute pleasure. Thank you for uh, being on my show last week, and I uh, look forward to, um, yeah, hopefully adding some value to your, your viewers and listeners. Perfect. It's going to be a great time. And I'm also here with the usual. Uh, Tim Baker. (laughs) Yeah, so we are going to have a ton of fun. I picked some stories that are also kind of about trading just in the news, some Coinbase stuff and some stock market stuff. We are going to get to all that later today, and I hope you'll be around for this amazing time, all of you amazing listeners. I am going to real quick flip on my screen share to show you the place to be tonight. This is you, me, and btc.com slash live. This is where you can hang out with us, watch the video, jump in the chat, read some show notes, click on some links that we're going to cover, and tons more. We already got John Massalonis in the chat. He says, I made it. First time live. Been listening for months. Welcome, John. Thanks for joining us. You did pick a good one, as Tim says. Trader Cobb is going to blow us away today. I guarantee it. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, hey, another thing on this page that I should cover is the poll at the bottom. So here's our question, guys. Which of these features is most important in a cryptocurrency? I picked this because we covered it a little bit when I joined Craig just a few weeks back. You can find all of his content. He's got an incredible amount of it, but you can also find the podcast that I was in at tradercob.com. But your options here are privacy, A, B, community slash infrastructure, C, a clear purpose, or D, it's Bitcoin. Which of those features do you look for in a cryptocurrency. All of that is at you, me, and btc.com slash live. Make sure you get over there and vote. And as a random reminder, because I don't always say this and I should, if you're listening to the podcast later, to the audio version or whatever, this poll will be open for seven days. And that's how it is every week. So feel free to jump back 
and drop a vote. All right, time to get into some Craig. Thanks for joining us once again. Please tell us just about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? And why are you here? <laughs> uh, I'm Craig Cobb, Trader Cobb. Uh, I'm from uh, Bondi Beach, Sydney, Australia. That's where I am now. And uh, look, I, I'm a trader, uh, a trader and investor in cryptocurrency. I've been uh, in traditional markets for well, my first shed it purchase was when I was, what, 16. So a long time in, in traditional markets, actively trading full time, uh, you know, for more or less. Well, I've been trading actively for 11 years, full time for about eight of those 11 years um, and entered into cryptocurrency last year. Um, so yeah, I'm a technical trader uh, when it comes to the trading side of things. I'm a very structured trader. So when I say structured, I mean, what, what I'm looking at is having a written checklist, a, a literal structured approach where whereby you literally check things off a list. So I, I try not to leave too much to thinking. Uh, one of the things that I have is a, um, I guess a motto is uh, trade what you see, not what you think. Uh, I do not think. I do. I'm a doing trader. Uh, why did this move is, is not an interest of mine. Uh, the fact that it did move and was I on it or was I not on it, that is my interest. So, yeah, I've been around for a while. I've uh, got the Trader Cobb Crypto Show, which is um, just going phenomenally well. We've got a huge amount of listeners on that uh, daily. Um, I've got plenty of free content on my on my website, tradercobb.com, where you can find yeah, I, I put it. I actually put out more free content than I do paid content. So I'm just pushing as much out as possible, trying to help uh, educate what I see as a very young and uh, in, in many cases immature, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, I'm talking about the market itself, very young and immature space. I'm trying to bring the level up so that people, um, you know, one of my sayings again is, even a turkey can fly in a hurricane. I want people to be educated, to be able to make money in bull and bear markets and to be truly empowered. They need to have a good education. I've been doing that for a long time. So therefore, I figured I'd, uh, I'd jump in the space and see if I could fill that void. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah, that's I know we talked when, when I was on your show, we talked about how important your experience is and how long you've been in the space. One of the things, simple question I should ask is, maybe exactly how long it is, because when I was writing the show notes, I struggled with whether I should say years or decades, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to say too many decades if it made you sound too old. So, so how long have you been doing this? Uh, look, I've, I've been investing like I said, from 16. So that would be, I'm 34 now. So nearly two decades, um, got it, but got I, it. I've been trading uh, for 11 years. So that's actively trading. So not just, you know, buying the odd share here and there and having an interest, but actively doing it and pursuing it on a daily basis. Cool. So probably the biggest question I could think of uh, that anyone might ask someone with experience trading like the first thing that that probably everyone would ask is, you know, like, well, how do you do it? Like what what are some of those things on your checklist? I know it's obviously like any profession or or hobby or whatever. It's there's a ton to it. That's why you have almost two decades of experience. But just some some basic concepts and ideas and thoughts like, how do you do it? What what makes you good at it? And how can other people start, at least, to, to learn about it and do it? Yeah, great question. Look, I mean, the old saying is there's more than one way to skin a cat. Sorry for any cat listeners. It's more of a metaphor than an actual <laughs> real thing. But I mean, look, there's more than one way to do this. Um, I just have a way that works for me. Now, the way I do it, I'm, I'm a trend follower. So you'll see, especially in crypto, for, for whatever reason, and I think this is, again, comes back to the level of, 
Um, the lack of understanding uh, in the space right now is that a lot of people are trying to pick tops and bottoms. I mean, you see it, look on Twitter, look on Facebook, look in the groups, look on Slack, look on Telegram, if you, <laughs> if you do that. If you want to waste your time, or sorry, I shouldn't say waste your time, but if, if you're somebody who's across all those platforms uh, and looking at all that, you, you generally fill your head with mush and, and lack any real, um, you know, you, you lack any conviction because you're convoluted by all the opinions. I mean, one person will say one day, hey, look, you know, Bitcoin's going to go up to here. And the very next day, they build an example, uh, they draw 600 lines on a chart and say, why well, it should go down. <laughs> um, it's it's just wishy-washy. It's absolute rubbish. It's absolute nonsense. And I'll stand by that. And I'm pretty brutal. I tell it how it is, how I see it. Now, I can only speak from my experience. So I know that there are other people out there that have got their own way to trade and they're doing phenomenally well and to them, well done. Um, but to start trading, you've got to find a way that suits you. You've got to have something that resonates with you. For example, if you've got somebody who's a quant, you know, they're a mass genius, they write program, they write code, and they've got a, a phenomenal system that works for them, that's great. Does that mean it's going to work for you if you don't have that brain, that mindset? I don't. I'm not a coder. I've got no idea what to do. Computers are the enemy other than for, for, for what I need to use them for. I don't really, I'm not a tech guy. I know what I need to know to facilitate the outcomes that I'm chasing, which is good profitable trading. You've got to find something that suits you. Being that I'm a trend follower, I'm not trying to pick the top and I'm not trying to pick the bottom. I'm trying to take the chunk in the middle. So I'll patiently sit back and wait, sometimes for days, sometimes for weeks, for the right opportunity. And in the last three weeks, it's been a prime example with my members. Um, there's been three trades that I've taken in the last three weeks. Now, all of them, this is purely coincidental uh, that we're on the show and it just happens to be three in a row. All of them have gone on to be phenomenally good profits. Bitcoin Cash was a, a 10x to the short side. Uh, just got filled in um, yesterday in EOS Bitcoin. A really nice trade. It hit one-to-one, minimized my risk already. So there's a lot of ways that we can we can do it. You've just got to have a structure that you're comfortable with. And that takes time. And uh, starting by finding somebody who I believe is no-nonsense, cut the bullshit, so to speak, um, that you can resonate with, uh, I think that's a really good place to start, not jumping out and trying to find little pieces from everybody and putting it all together. Because it's like, you know, if you've never baked a chocolate cake in your life and you've got 5,000 ingredients mm -hmm. in, a, in a pantry, you've never smelled a chocolate cake, you've never tasted one, you've never seen one, what's the chance of you pulling all these shelves, all these ingredients off the shelf to create a perfect chocolate cake? It's, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. Now, a lot of people are taking this approach to their trading. They're going to be there for a long time having a lot of pain. I can say that from experience because I tried it. I failed for years. It cost me a fortune. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to learn. You got you to make mistakes and eventually... Yeah, no, I liked your, yeah, I liked your point in just about like figuring out what does work for you and not following what exactly like what we're looking at on Twitter because if you're looking on Twitter, if you're going off of what people have said on there, then all these people should be billionaires by now. Then they're saying like, oh, it's definitely going to do this. It's definitely going to do whatever. Uh, I think like like you said, you've been doing this for long. I had no real. I mean, I'm still not what I would consider a trader. I've never done that. But I think like a lot of people have come into it just because of crypto and stuff like that without having any experience behind that, which, I mean, like baking a cake, like you at least have some kind of experience outside of baking maybe a different kind of cake, maybe a different kind of dessert or something like that. But a lot of these people are coming in and, and thinking they're going to make money and they have no baking experience. They have no trading experience. Uh yeah, I mean, I can't really think of any better way to put this. Yeah, you just have to learn by messing it up a bunch of times. Um, 
I've got some uh, issues with the connection, guys. You're, I'm getting a couple of words here and there, not the whole thing. It stops streaming. All okay, right, that might be me. I don't know. I don't know. I got you, Tim. But... Uh, I've got I've got you again now. Uh, what, what I said wasn't that great anyway. I think I just repeated myself. No, no, I, look, look, no I, I did catch, I, I got the gist of it. You cut it for a bit of it. You know, the, I think it was to do with the, I mean, to wrap that, would you say it's to do with the, the methodical approach? Is that sort of where you were going? Yeah, and not, like, I guess that a lot of people coming into this, a lot of people who would be listening to us probably coming from Bitcoin or any kind of crypto, uh, they're coming into this trading game without having any, past experience before crypto yeah. without having any kind of reference for it and yeah i think the point of you making like you have to come up with your own system and but also that if we could somehow everybody come together and pick like the best possible ways to do it that would be great but most people aren't going to do that on twitter that's not going to sell <laughs> very well on twitter it doesn't seem like it so far that the mass majority of people just kind of want to see Oh well, this is what's going to make me a million dollars right now. Let, let me just listen to this. So, some someone like you—that's a great uh, addition to this, or not even an addition. It's a great replacement for some of those accounts, which will just say, "Hey, if you invest in this, you're going to make all the money you could ever imagine tomorrow." Uh, instead of, yet yeah, you need to actually learn this. You need to have a, a approach that you have found that actually works and not just base it off of some random person's opinion on Twitter. Yeah. No, I, I agree about it. it. It frustrates me. Um, and look, the, the, the frustration, TraderCobb.com was born out of that frustration. I, I got into the space as an investor and as a trader, and I was doing very well, and I had I had no intentions, none, uh, to, to go out and do what I've done uh, as far as the educating of the community and helping people and providing them with the structured courses. Yeah, look, it, I'll be honest, it's, it's a business and I'm making money from it, of course. Why, you know, it, it's a fact. Yeah. Um, but it's, I'm getting amazing feedback and I'm, I'm being able to help people. One of, one of the things that I see is, I'm not sure if it's just human nature in general or if it's because this market does have a, a large percentage of millennials, younger humans, um, instant gratification is, is, is just, it's the Bible. Everyone wants instant yeah. <laughs> gratification. And look, I have, I have conversations with like my, my members in my Slack group and stuff that are paying and they're like, yeah. they're saying like, Oh, I'm not getting this. I'm, I'm not getting this right. And they're really frustrated. I'm like, dude, relax. Like it's the process. Mm -hmm. you, you want the same results as I get after me doing this for, you know, being in markets for nearly 20 years and trading actively for a living. And you think that just because you've got my strategies that you're going to have the same success. Oh, no, no, no. It's yeah. uh, you've got the blueprint. You've got to put the work in. It's like you go to university, right? You go to uni, you get your degree, and you want to be, a, a, you know, you, you do a law degree. You want to become a partner in a law firm. Good luck with that, Johnny. You've got to do some work first. You've got to do your time. A degree is a certificate saying I'm ready for employment. I'm ready for learning. I'm ready for training. Learning strategy and structure gives you the guide. It gives you the path. It doesn't give you the success. You are the one that needs to achieve that. And it takes some time. Don't beat yourself up, but make sure that you're on the right path because the time is going to pass. The time will pass regardless of what you do. If you're using that time effectively and applying some significant structured approaches, not just to your trading strategy, to your daily routines and that time's going to pass while you're taking positive steps in the right direction as opposed to just pissing in the wind and hoping that it's going to work one day <laughs> yeah 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 it it takes effort a lot of a lot of learning and and like we said mistakes 
mistakes happen and you learn from those too. So yeah, and you you can't like the person who's going to learn faster or the per like we can't say that there isn't somebody who's not going to do that but that person is so so much an outlier of what normally happens that you can't expect yourself to fall into that. Like I guess it, it's great and it's a nice way to try to keep yourself going if you have are having issues that hey, I mean I can figure this out. But the person who's going to pick it up like just right away is not likely to be you at all. Like the the, the <laughs> probability of that happening is almost none. Uh, yeah, I, did, like, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Look, one of the one of the things I will say to you is like to, to you and your audience is you know for me I, I spent the best part of three years um, you know using my entrepreneurial brain to try and you know figure it out. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're an entrepreneur, you, you sort of just you you just do it and you learn on the fly. Uh, that doesn't apply to trading. So for three years, I, I wasted a ton of money and a ton of time. What made me a successful trader was literally copying other people. Find somebody who has the success. Find somebody who knows what they're doing. And like I said, that, that somebody's got to be someone that you can resonate with, that you understand what they say. It's got to make logical sense from the from the day one. You don't need to understand it, but you can understand the logic as to why it may work. Now, if you can find that, like I did, you'll give in. Like I gave in to process. I stopped because when I was trying to make money, I inevitably didn't. When I stopped trying to make money and started to focus on doing what good traders do, that's when things turned around because I was focused on the process. You, you get rewarded for good behaviors. You get rewarded for doing the right thing in life. You don't get rewarded by just being there. You've got to start with the structured approach to work your way through. And then if you can perfect that, the perfection of simplicity results in the outcome, which is hopefully good returns. So I wanted to ask, speaking of good returns, the, the, the question that I said I would ask, and the the poll the poll that we're also asking everyone else so the reminder is that if anyone else wants to vote head over to you me and btc.com slash live to get to tonight's landing page but yeah again the question is which of these features is most important in a cryptocurrency now i will say that this is only four options and there could be a million other things that that you look for these are I, I i based my options here on kind of what i told you on your show what i might look for and what i do look for but totally fine if you have other thoughts or ideas but like i said speaking of big returns which of these features would you say you know that might lead to returns for you and the options are again privacy Community slash infrastructure, I put those together just because, you know, it's the idea of having people there, people working on it, people building it and talking to each other and developing exchanges and whatever else. So that's option two, community slash infrastructure. Option three is a clear purpose or option C for a lot of people, they just want Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin. That's what I look for. And that's what I buy. Any thoughts on that, Craig, what you look for? Yeah, um, so let's go through it again. So two was infrastructure. Two was community slash infrastructure, yep. Okay, what was one again? Number one was privacy. Okay, uh, three. Three was clear purpose, and the last okay. one was Bitcoin. <laughs> okay, well, we'll leave Bitcoin out. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so 
privacy is a part of it, but I don't think that's for me. That's not the the biggest. Um, and I'm I'm talking. I'm not talking from an evangelical point of view. I'm, I'm talking strictly from an investment point of view. That's it. Nothing right, more. Right. Nothing less. Straight up investment. Uh, not to say that all my decisions are made like that, because I do support projects that I believe have got a very good purpose as far as helping to change the world. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to give somebody a wedge of my cash uh, just for you know rainbows and lollipops. I, I want to see results. <laughs> You know, but I am willing to lean towards a project that is doing the right thing and walk away from a project that I may even see as being successful, but I don't like the idea. I don't think it's going to help anything. So just to give your, your, your viewers listeners a bit of an idea, yep. I'm not just straight up investment banker boy. Uh, never worked in an investment bank. I've always done my own thing. I sort of walked down a fine, narrow path. Um, community is important. Um, for getting things done, but for also spreading a word. Um, as we all know in cryptocurrency, it's an online community. <clears throat> now, if that community is happy, uh, it tends to shill and talk a lot about <laughs> uh, the certain projects, which then it spreads like wildfire. We've got that ability. So community is definitely there. Clear purpose is number one for me. Um, okay. Definitely clear purpose is number one. Trying to be a jack of all trades, and I see this in Australia with some projects that I, I've invested in. Um, Brilliant people in that said industry, but then they've got to they've got to run an event. They don't know how to run an event. They can't <laughs> run an event. They're useless at running an event, and they won't hand over the power to somebody who can run the event. And I think that you need some old heads in this new dog. You know what I mean? Like there's there's young people that are doing fantastic things in the space and coding and doing all the brilliant stuff and understanding the cryptography and all that, but there still needs to be some old school business principle around execution you know an older head in business may not come to crypto but an older head who's asked as an advisor to come to crypto may go well hang on jordan you don't really know how to run events so why are you running events you need to be the lead technology officer but you're setting up and running events well that's a dumb thing and a young mind might not see that as well as a, as a matured mind so the, so clear purpose is really important clear purpose in roles and responsibilities within the project but also clear purpose as in what are we trying to actually achieve uh, that's the first one the, the three things that i go for just to sort of expand on that out of yeah, your I'd, ones i'd say clear purpose but the three things are does this need to exist um, we see a lot of projects come onto the marketplace into the blockchain world and they're just trying to make money. They're just trying to cash in. So is does, does advertising need to be on the blockchain? Does this need to be on the blockchain? What is the benefit? Does the blockchain help to make the consumer happier? The cost of doing business lower, therefore a, re a reduction in spending for the consumer, therefore a happier consumer. Does it make things more efficient, safer, more secure? In the example of, say, voting, um, uh, I'm doing an interview later on today with uh, the CEO, or not CEO anymore, but he, the lead guy of Horizon State, which is a voting platform. It makes it incorruptible, much cheaper. It, it, it does a lot of things that, that benefit us as a society, but then as a business. So, so does it need to exist or is it a money grab? The team is extraordinarily important for me. Um, like I was saying before, I, I'm happy to have young blood, but I want I want some old heads too. I want some I want some strategic minds within the business to help, whether they be chairman or chairwoman or just a director or, or an advisor. I want to know their capacity and I want to know their involvement and I want to know they've got some skin in the game. Uh, I don't just want a picture of an old dog standing there with a smile in his corporate photo. I want to know this person. <clears throat> So I want to know this person's involved uh, with that project. I want to know that the team has, you know, 
uh, not just business experience, but also relevant business experience. So if, if I'm doing a travel token, for example, I want to know that there's some people in there that have worked in the travel industry for the last 15, 20 years, because they're going to have the network and the connections and the relationships right. to help to spawn this project out. So team is really, really important. And the third one is a utility. Does the token link back to the successful outcome of the project? At the end of the day, you can have a business that runs and they do it. Like, for example, let's, let's use Virgin as an example, just because why not? Virgin Airlines, yeah? If Virgin Airlines did a token and said, yeah, we'll do Virgin on the blockchain. We'll do all our bookings on the blockchain. There you go. It's all good. It's all fine. And we go, yeah, but Virgin stock price just went up. Or, Vir you know, you, you've just posted a 25% increase in quarterly revenues. But the token, it's not doing anything because it's not linked. The token's separate to the outcome of the business. You can't have that because effectively you're buying air. You know, right. You're not buying equity in a company when you're buying a token. So you've got to have that linked back so they connect together so that the, at the, you know, the business might be a brilliant business, but it's got no link to the token. So therefore the business can do this. And the token can still do this. You need them linked together. They're the three things I think that are very, very important. There are a million more, but if you can cover those three and get a pretty good, clear understanding around those three, <clears throat> then you 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 will on your way to finding a good project. So hey, hit us one more time. Those three, just one yep. sentence each, just as a summary. Yeah. So <clears throat> number one, like you've said, clear purpose, and and does it need? to be on the blockchain? Is there any benefit for this being there? If the blockchain's not needed, who cares? Yeah? So <laughs> yeah? Does it need to be on the blockchain? Is there a reason for it to be on the blockchain? Number two is team. Relevant experience, old heads. I want a couple of old heads always. They don't have to be old, old, like 70-year-olds, but I want people, I don't want a team of 22-year-olds. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just, I don't feel comfortable uh, if there's not somebody there that has the relevant experience. Because if you look across a 1,000 projects that are built by 22-year-olds, maybe two come out and have major success. You look at um, Ethereum, they go, well, what about this one? Yes, that's the exception. That's like talking about you know, <laughs> comparing Steve Jobs to everybody else in Silicon Valley with a startup. You can't do that. Um, so the team is extraordinarily important. And third, the token has a link back to the business. So it's got a utility. There's a reason for it to exist other than just a money grab. Got it. Got it. That is all great information. And I'll tell you, we've, those are questions and issues that we've, we've had to talk about a lot on this show because there are obviously just ICOs. That term is, is a, a real sketchy term to a lot of people. So we've had to discuss countless times and we've had different opinions and different hosts have had different opinions and we've gone through different fluctuations in our own opinions but you have to discuss, you know, how do you decide which, you know, which ones are money grabs and which ones aren't? And and that's just a tough question because a lot of them are and a lot of them mm -hmm. are just pointless and dangerous and hilarious or whatever. So that's why I, I think those three points help help to sort of, uh, sort of you know, work that out a bit better. <laughs> right, right. I, I'm not sure what Zach's up to today, our other co-host. He he might be busy, but he's he's been a little more, I don't know what the word, not quite active, maybe vocal. Yeah, he might, have, he might be a little more vocal about his thoughts on ICOs. And he's interviewed several traders on his show, which, which is also on our network. It's the CoinPod. Every Tuesday he does that. But anyway, I... 
I wish he was on. He'd probably have some great insights or questions about that. But I'll suffice to say that it's just it's a serious issue that everyone has to consider is is, you know, how do you how do you decide? How do you know? What do you what what approach do you take when someone asks you for money for a coin that may do something or might not? And it's we all have to deal with it. So he's also Zach also interviewed uh, someone about uh, regulation, too, because there's a lot of questions and thoughts about regulation around ICOs for all of those exact same reasons. So I'll toss that over to you, Craig, and just just ask totally generally, what do you think about regulation, what we've seen with regulation, you know, especially with regard to ICOs and are they securities? Are they not securities? Should we worry that they're going to come after all these coins? Any thoughts on that whole issue? (laughs) Yeah. um, We want this market to grow, right? We we want the market cap to grow. We want money to come in. We want, we want it to go to a trillion, two, three, four, 10 trillion. We we want that. (laughs) as investors, as traders, as participants within this incredibly exciting and new space, which is the blockchain and crypto asset marketplace. For that to occur, we need to have institutional money. For the institutional money to feel comfortable enough to enter into this market, we do need a form of regulation. How they regulate? Man, don't know. Um, But do we need it? And am I worried about it? The the worry is it's not really there. Uh, and I think that's probably because I've been around a bit longer. So I don't see this being like th- this ship is sailing. It's it's not going back to port. It, it's not going to sink. Yeah, yeah. We are on our way. Now, whether it takes us this long to get the regulation right or this long to get the regulation right, notice the one thing that doesn't change is getting the regulation right. And <laughs> right. it remains. It doesn't go, <laughs> it remains. That is there. So it, I think people's, again, it comes back to people's expectations. Uh, a lot of people want to make, they look at the charts, and this is a very flawed way of doing it, and they go, oh, look, you know, back in May last year it was worth this, and then it went up by 150 times. Well, I want that. Bravo. So do I. So do I. Um, you're going to need to have a bit of patience, potentially. It could happen again. Uh, I believe we will see these sorts of uh, you know parabolic moves occur across many different tokens. It's becoming more tricky now. It's, it's not... It's not just, you know, suck it and see. There's a lot out there. There's, there's a lot of stuff that we've got to learn. Um, the regulation is not scary. The regulation is good. People that are scared of the regulation are after gains in three to six months. I'm not. Uh, I'm a trader, so I'll, I can trade the short-term um, fluctuations. I'm cool with it. That's where my income is, right? I, I make money from doing that. As an investor, uh, I, I'm in it for the long run. Like, you know, I'm talking you know, 10 years' time from now, my investments that I make throughout the next year, next two years, three years, and leading up to there, um, that's going to make me, uh, you know, I don't know where it's going to get me, but my view is it's going to get me to a very, very large, you know, to, to a place of comfort um, beyond where I'm at now. And and I've got no doubt about that. I've got, I've got no doubt whatsoever. Regulation is needed. The way they do it is important. We need to get rid of the frauds and the scams. And, um, you know, you look at Facebook, you look at MailChimp, you look at, uh, I think Google as well, to a certain extent, Twitter, are talking about the banning of cryptocurrency ads. Well, you've got two camps. One camp's fr- freaking out and saying it's the end of the world, this is terrible, everyone's there as a conspiracy, they're trying to wreck the world, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then you've got the people that are like me that go, I understand why they're doing this. 
Uh, and the reason they're doing this is because, you know, you get a big corporate litigation fund that all of a sudden puts together a class action against Facebook because 600 people got ripped off to the tune of $400 million because of adverts that were in Facebook. Now that corporate litigation fund backs that class action to go after Facebook. It's a pain in the backside for Facebook and they could potentially lose billions and billions and billions of dollars. Right. It's a risk mitigation to their business. Again, understanding the way things operate not just about, you know, talking about cryptocurrency, but the greater business community, understanding their risk. You can actually understand why they're doing it. I do exactly the same thing. The regulation helps to bring some clarity. We'll lift those bans on advertising because we'll have a, a ballpark to play within and it will cut out a lot of the frauds, therefore bringing in institutional money. Regulation is needed. Yeah, those are some those are some great thoughts and exactly the kind of stuff that we've covered a ton on this show. You know, every time someone goes and talks to some Senate committee or the, the Canadian Senate or whoever, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta listen to those and see what their plans are and, and think about it. But, but yeah, you, you're right. I mean, crypto's here to stay and they're, they're going to figure stuff out. And, you know, we, we also have debates about what is the right regulation and they might not do it exactly the way we want, but, and, and also plenty of us are totally against regulation and that almost certainly wouldn't happen. And that, that's kind of a double negative that it, it all, they almost certainly will regulate even if you're totally against regulation. But even then I love your sentiment that crypto's here to stay. Even when they regulate it, and even if you hate regulation, crypto is here to stay, and that's that's great. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's it's out of the bag at this point. Whatever what was the phrase, the cat's out of the bag, because it's crypto can't really go as long as you aren't just completely shutting everything down. If like an EMP goes off, or I mean, we've even does uh, I know John used to have it. They don't even support the SMS. Uh, Bitcoin transactions anymore, do they? Uh, probably not the same one that we were talking about back then, but I'm sure there are there's people today yeah. that there's some kind of SMS Bitcoin stuff somewhere, probably. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, but unless there's like a catastrophic world event, you it's going to be very hard to actually regulate Bitcoin out of existence, regulate crypto out of existence, but that doesn't mean they're not going to try, obviously, so you kind of do have to take it as a well, they're going to do this, and I just need to, like what you said, Daniel, and what you said, Craig, but pay attention to what they're doing. You can, like, as a day, as you trade every single day, that, that does make the fluctuations and any kind of change in regulations and all this stuff does allow you to make money day to day. Uh, but if you are into Bitcoin for whatever reason, if you want to make money off it, if you like the idea, if you like the technology, none of it can really put a damper on why you would want to hold it for a long time. Uh, I guess this is going back to what you were talking about, how a lot of kids our age, a lot of, I guess technically we're adults now, but uh, <laughs> uh, that instant, you wanting instant gratification, you can't have that always. It, it was nice to see what happened, like, what, two months ago when it was just doubling, doubling, doubling. But uh, that it's not that... If, if something like that constantly happened in something like you'd have to say there's some kind of an issue here. There's something going on behind this if it's constantly just doing this for years on end. So 
I guess just don't what do we always just talk about just not letting it bother you I guess just having a don't freak out again what you said before Craig like you're not making a decision based off of what somebody said on Twitter you're not making a decision based off of uh, an emotional feeling you're having you just go okay well this has worked in the past or this is how what I've told myself I'm always going to do just stick to that and don't get washed away in the like a collective terror or a collective um celebration of something yeah but I tell you what, uh, I've got to say, this, that sounds far too reasonable to me. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of reason, mate. That was Tim, you're absolutely Tim, right. Tim knows how to make sense once in a while. Glad that I was around for that one or two times. <laughs> no, you, you, gonna, you're right, mate. It's, it's, it's cut the noise out. I'm going to say hello to a few people that jumped in the chat. Then we are past halfway here, so I'm going to roll our commercial. And then we're going to come back and chat just a tiny bit of news uh, before we wrap up with our final question for Craig. So in the chat, a reminder, guys, if you want to join us, if you have questions for Craig, totally welcome. All of that is at you, me, and btc.com slash live. We have It's Me Boss Lady who said that her push notification was late today, and that is my fault. I had a real busy day, so I was behind getting all the show notes up and the tweets out, and yes, the push notification was a few minutes late. I apologize, but thanks for joining us. We also got James Bond, who says, another bald guy, question mark? (laughs) So that's our resident troll. James Bond loves to make fun of everything we do, but that's okay, because he's watching, so... All right, guys, I'm going to roll this commercial. I will ask Tim and Craig to mute themselves just for a few seconds so they don't cut over, and we'll be right back. Hey, guys, today's show is brought to you by Chronologic.network. Chronologic is an Ethereum-based project that aims to solve time-related problems on the blockchain. Through Chronologic's three core products, the Ethereum alarm clock, debt smart contracts, and the day token minting mechanism, They solve the problems of payment scheduling, crypto loan time constraints, and unstable token launches. Find out more at chronologic.network. Alrighty, thanks for bearing with us through that. And like I said, I want to cover some news. So let's do it. The first story I got here, I I found some that were somewhat related to trading or or at least exchanges and the stock market. So so we'll see if we can get some fun insights from Craig. The first one is Coinbase just today announced that they would. Well, I don't they just said support Bitcoin forks. And then they went through all these details about, you know, which which platforms you would be able to trade them on. Coinbase versus GDAX and which platforms you would be able to withdraw them on. So it was an interesting announcement. But actually, before we cover this specifically, we might as well ask Craig about forks in general. Just for kicks. I wonder, Craig, if they've ever been a factor for you. I don't know if they've ever come up in any of the other coins that you've traded or if it's been a big factor for you in Bitcoin trying to decide which forks to even bother with and which ones to sell right away, which ones are more interesting. Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, 
keep it simple. Um, forks have never really been of any interest to me whatsoever. If there is right. one coming up, the first thing I do is not trade that product. If if I'm a long holidays, if I've got an addition a piece of information that I don't know how the market will react to. So anything that's outside of my scope of understanding and expertise, I, I tend to steer clear of. I'm very much about, I'm very good at what I'm good at. Uh, everything else I'm not very good at. So um, if, it, if it falls outside of my world of expertise, I tend to leave it. I don't go to buy tokens for a fork. Uh, I don't race out of tokens if there's a fork coming, but I will not trade uh, a token that is about to fork. Got it. Got it. That is good to know. That's my strategy, mostly just having Bitcoin. I, I take a similar approach. I just haven't had a ton of interest in them. Obviously, we covered Bitcoin Cash a ton on this show because it was huge in the Bitcoin community. And then, then you got all this stuff. I, I don't even remember what it all was called. Bitcoin Gold, Bitcoin Bitcore, all kinds of stuff. And for the most part, I, I essentially just got rid of anything that had value. And, and yes, I haven't, I haven't taken, I just haven't held anything else simply for, for really the same reason as you, Craig. I just don't know about them. I yeah. might have value, but they might not. So it's just, I'd rather not be involved and have to worry about it. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, so this is Coinbase. They, I should have pulled up their actual blog post. Here it is. They go through, like I said, they have GDAX, they have Coinbase, they have their their uh, payment processor, which I guess is called Coinbase Commerce. And then they, they also have their new index fund, which we covered a few weeks back. The biggest concern that I have here, and you guys can tell me what you think, is... Is I guess I would wonder, how are they going to define Bitcoin forks? At what point is a Bitcoin fork a fork? Because there are, you know, at least five by now that have really tried and probably tens and eventually hundreds that will try to fork Bitcoin and they'll claim, oh, yep, this is a fork. It's or, you know, even if you don't get a percentage of the hashing power, you could just make a whole new network that uses the same addresses and airdrop coins on those addresses. And is that a fork? So that's been my biggest concern with this kind of announcement is at what point do you call it a fork and start supporting it? This to me, this doesn't really answer much because there's still going to be some crappy like team of three people and 10 people on a four and 10 followers that are oh yep we're forking on the bitcoin get rich tomorrow is coinbase going to support that i don't know any thoughts on that guys that that was kind of my biggest concern tim yes <laughs> tim how do you define a bitcoin fork uh whenever twitter tells me it is um that's, yeah, that's <laughs> my biggest issue is is that uh uh yeah, I mean, this is the not not necessarily a problem, I guess, but this is the issue. Anytime you talk about where you're going to allow people to do one thing or the other, is then you have to go with however they're deciding to differentiate what is and what is not a fork. Then, uh, which isn't an issue or a problem necessarily. It's just a um, like you can look at the article and go, okay, but then there is always more to that article than 
just what it says there because you do have to look at like what they're going to make what what counts as a fork then um i i, I yeah i mean it sounds <laughs> good maybe i don't know it's, yeah, it's, it's tricky uh, for me too. Like, i mean like I, do it, I guess i don't know i find i agree with 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 what you're saying there dan as well mate um <sighs> the definition of what is going to be a fork is going to be the difficult part. And I think that, uh, I mean, maybe they have, I, I've got to be honest, I haven't had a chance to go and look at it forking and, and that sort of thing. It's not really my level of expertise. So I just want to sort of put that caveat out there, but the the definition, as you said, I mean, you kind of, you kind of wrapped up your concerns pretty well. Um, it's going to be how they define it and, and, and what in their terms and conditions are they going to specify? That's what's going to be like, you know, they're not just going to drop any any rubbish on there. So what did they, I would be very interested to know from an investor point of view, what they see as a fork, a legitimate fork, because then that's the answer. It's purely right now it's speculation. Until we know what they define, well, the definition could be anything. Right, right. What about, I don't know if Coinbase is even available in Australia, but what about just the general drama around them with, Oh, I mean, all kinds of stuff has come up, you know, where they, uh, well, there was Bitcoin Cash, that fork and that that drama, whether or not they would support it. And yeah, we will in six months and that kind of stuff. And then there's uh, news about them handing out, well, having to hand over information to the IRS. And then, you know, also a lot of people said, well, at least they fought it. And that that was that shined a bit of good on Coinbase. Do you have just a general opinion about them, good or bad, or you know, are they too big? Are they too? Are are do too many people use Coinbase? Because a lot of people are excited that now Robinhood will compete with Coinbase. Any thoughts? Yeah, it's 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 pretty straightforward. And the same with any business, you know, you become the big dog in the uh, <laughs> in the kennel, and and they come after you first. Um, I think well, first of all, Coinbase is still in operation. There's still a business that's operating. It's still building. They're still add, uh, adding, you know, elements to their business. The the insane rise and rise and rise of Coinbase, its stock, as far as you know, the the amount of accounts being opened, they've managed to seemingly control that quite well. So therefore, they've scaled. Uh, not they could they could have scaled faster, um, but they have managed to deal with the demand. Um, and because of the size of the business now, um, they are a big player in this space. So, yeah, naturally, they're going to be the first port of call for anyone who wants to prod the beast and just work out, okay, well, how legitimate are you? Where are the holes? What do we need to fill? Um, Coinbase will remain the target because Coinbase has the market share. And, until, and that, look, it's a good thing. Again, I see it as a good thing. If the big dogs are coming in and prodding, if regulators are prodding, if the IRS is prodding, if all these... You know, agencies are prodding, and and big institutions are looking at buying. Um, they're on a winner. People don't big big institutions don't buy shitty companies um, that are that, that are that big. Uh, and and regulators and um, you know government institutions, so government uh, bodies don't prod something if if it's not worth prodding. They're not going to waste their time. So again, they they're just the big guys. They're the ones at the front. I just hope for the sake of the industry. Because if, if they continue to get prodded and come out on top or, you know, get help to 
mould the space, um, then we should see development grow uh, as far as the community, cryptocurrency and the legitimacy. If they if they get knocked off their perch for whatever reason and do a you know, Mount Gox or something bad happens, then it'll knock us back quite a significant amount of time. But again, somebody else will rise from those ashes. It will just mean that we're knocked back a year or six months or however long it takes. Hey, that's that's we come back to that all the time on this show is it'll be okay. You know, like we try not to fret about things. Yeah, it's it's got a ton of negatives about the whole Coinbase thing and a ton of positives about Coinbase existing. And you know what? It if it goes away, we'll survive. It's it sounds it sounds dumb to just be like, yeah, we're it'll be fine, but it's also pretty true in this case. So yeah, and the other thing is as well is that I've, I've never run a unicorn before, you know, a business that's gone, a tech company that's gone to over a billion dollars. I mean, they did it, you know, you look at you look at Binance, the fastest unicorn ever, you know, a billion dollars in six months valuation. I mean, I don't know how to scale a business like that. I think they've done a pretty bloody good job of it, regardless of the mistakes they're making. People aren't dying, you know, people aren't losing all their money, they're, they're, they're surviving. So, you know, right. credit to them. The big, right. That's a right. big business in a short right. period of time. I agree. I agree. It's a it's a big company with the like we said, a lot of good things, a lot of bad things, and stuff to deal with, just like any big company does and has to and and whatever. So without and where would we be? So I say thank you, Coinbase. Well, that's true thank too. You. That's true too because as much negative stuff comes out about Coinbase, and even I've I've told people on the show that I just I don't use them anymore just because I don't really need to and I'm not that interested, but. Despite that, I still tell people, new newbies, I still tell them, well, yeah, Coinbase is the easiest place, so just go to Coinbase. <laughs> Good place to start. A, the same thing is, I mean, again, people forget, you know, like, your mother gave birth to you. That's a fact, all right? Your mother gave birth to you. She might give you the shit sometimes. She might annoy the hell out of you. You might have days where you go, I just don't like my mother at all. She is a pain <laughs> But the fact is, she gave birth to you. She is the reason you are here. We need to have a certain amount of gratification towards that. Now, I'm not saying Coinbase is the reason we're in cryptocurrency, not at all. That would be Bitcoin. But we need to remember that, you know, we, we sometimes forget um, what's going on around us. And I think that's, again, the Twitter sphere. Um, people forget to come outside. I think we talked about this on, when you are on my show, guys, about coming outside of the bubble and looking down on it as opposed to being wrapped up inside of it. You can actually see what's going on. Uh, I think Coinbase is doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. So Jackson, Daniel's a test tube baby. We don't like to bring that up too much on the show because he's kind of, kind of a little <laughs> touchy. bit of a, He gets touchy about it, yes. But uh, he does have a, a pseudo-mother, <laughs> but that is uh, a fake Twitter account made up by Zach and me. <laughs> so if, if you could lay off that a little bit, that'd be great. Sorry. So. Sorry. We we're coming up on the the last few minutes here, and we actually, especially now that I'm looking at the chat, we have a whole lot that that we need to squeeze in. So I'm just going to get right to it. John Massalonis says, "What is and and I'll I'll ask you if you don't mind, Craig, just to mm. try to keep it simple and and get out some thoughts, and then we'll get to a few more questions here." But he says, what is the most important? This is definitely a change of gears, but I want to cover the chat. <laughs> what is the most important habit to establish to become a successful trader? Great question, John. How are you, mate? Um, routine. Uh, you've got to have routine. Without a routine, you have 
nothing. Now that routine doesn't need to be the same time, the same thing every day. You can have a routine where you do, like for me, religiously, I walk to my office. I have an office at home as well. I, I walk to my office. Um, when I get, I listen to a podcast on the way and listen to some music, grab a coffee. When I get to my office, I make a tea. I fire up my computer. I sit my, I got a desk that moves up and down. I go press the button. The desk goes to the height that I want it. I stand up for the start of my day. I have a quick look at the market. I record my podcast. There's, there's a, a series of events that occur that get me into the zone. Now, there's a book called Mark. It's written by Mark. Douglas, Mark Douglas, called Trading in the Zone. It's not about trading. It's about the psychology that you need to have. Now, a routine helps to bring you into a place and a position of calm where you need to be to be at your best. The idea behind it is trying to get yourself, you know, you don't have those days where you, let's say you're at work, right? And everything you do, you're getting it done real quick, efficiently, effectively. You're just like, yeah, you just got this strut about your life that day. You need to be there when you're looking at the markets because it's your money. It's your decisions. And even if you're working from a written checklist, the way you feel today, John, might not be the same way you felt yesterday. So the way that you might read that checklist, you go, I'm still reading the same checklist, but you're not coming to the same outcome because you think you feel differently. So you've got to get yourself to this plane and stay there. Routine helps that. Routine is the, the number one biggest thing you could possibly have. Without a routine, you will struggle. Good question too. Got it. Routine. I'm going to just keep rolling here. This is from, we'll call him Captain M. And he says, question for Cobb. Are there any certain utilities that he thinks tokens could be useful for? Advertising or marketing, etc. And I think it's a great question because you mentioned when you were listing what you look for in a coin, you said you didn't want a coin that doesn't even need to be on the blockchain. So yeah, what what purposes do you think tokens would be most useful for look i think probably the best example um it's an example that i, I think i gave when i was on the show when you were on my show as well is um it's voting so it's a very left field it's like hang on how on earth does voting on the blockchain help well it, it's not hackable it's not fraudulent you cannot recount it uh, you, you can't mess with it it's it's on and it's done one vote bang there it is um, so I think an application like that where, you know, think about how we vote now. I mean, I know in Australia we've probably got a similar sort of voting system, polling system as you guys. You go to a booth, you've got paper, you've got people, you've got cardboard everywhere, you've got these stupid little booths, and you've got, you've got pens everywhere. Now, that is an, an immense waste of time. It's an immense waste of resources. It's an immense waste of paper. You know, we've got this world we're trying to keep alive and we keep trying to kill it voting doesn't help with paper paper's bad <laughs> so there's there's so many ways that voting on the blockchain is beneficial not just cost but security uh, and to avoid fraud um and and to be certain this is a great space to be looking at this now i i use it because i'm very passionate about a project um I, i've now become friends with a guy who runs the business uh, it's it's called Horizon State, and, and they're doing some phenomenal things. Um, that's a really good project. As far as an example um, for a token utility and the reason for something seemingly left field to exist and be important on the blockchain, I think it's a really good example. And I'm look, I'm not saying this that you go and buy it. That, that's not my objective whatsoever. I, I couldn't care less what you do. I want you to make your own decisions always. <laughs> but my point is, is as an example, because it probably isn't the first thing that would have popped into your mind. So, yeah, I, I, there are some really good, um, uh, really good projects out there, that, that being one of them. I hope that awesome. answers the question. 
Yeah, yeah, that's useful stuff. Useful stuff on blo- on the blockchain or with tokens. And that's great. So one more here from the chat, and then we'll wrap it up with one or two more little questions of our own. This is also from John Masalonis. He says, in the past, has there been there has been an attitude of price doesn't matter. In his opinion, trading requires high sensitivity to price or trends. Is trading contrary to the HODL mindset and Bitcoin maximalism? Uh, great question. No, um, there are two different schools of thought. There are your investors. That's your HODL. You're our traders. That is that we do what we got to do within our trends. I do both, but I don't let them converge. So, for example, a bad trade does not become an investment. A bad trade or a losing trade is a losing trade. And a a good trade can be a losing trade. A bad trade shouldn't be defined by the profit or the loss. It should be defined by the the execution of the strategy. You execute flawlessly, it's a good trade, whether it's a win or loss. If you execute badly and the trade wins, it's still a bad trade. And what you're actually doing is giving a positive outcome to a negative behavior, which will in turn help. It yeah, yeah, you up. that's gambling once you do that. You might you that's might right. get a, a 10x gain accidentally, and you might love it and keep doing that and then get a 100x loss. <laughs> correct, correct. So yeah. I, I think, that, back to the question, I think it's, um, there are two schools of, what was, sorry, what was the name? Mac Daddy or something? It was John again, John. John, oh, sorry, John, Mac Daddy. Um, John, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's a good question. I, I think that if you if you def, if you define each category and you execute based around a structured rule-based system, now if you can't write, if, if you think you've got a strategy but you can't write it down, you don't have a strategy. And I stopped upset anybody. It's, it's as factual as the sun will rise tomorrow for us to survive. It, it, it's a fact. If you think you've got a strategy, but you cannot write that down, and I, I don't mean take three weeks to write down, I mean write down now, uh, or at least the majority of it, you don't have a strategy. Have a strategy for your investing, have a strategy for your trading, don't let them cross-pollinate. And if, and I've seen this plenty of times, people uh, in traditional markets, more so than crypto over the years, they'll go, oh, my brother works for XYZ, so therefore I bought some shares. <laughs> if that's your strategy, that is not a strategy either. So def- define what you're trying to achieve and, and set a, a series of rules around that definition for you that, to, to match the outcome. Perfect. Perfect. So again, moving on, we have two more quick things. I will ask just a simple question about our last story just so that we can say we covered it. Then I'll turn it over to Tim to ask the question that we try to ask everyone. And then we'll wrap up because we are at an hour now. So I figure our other story was about the stock market. It's pretty simple. It's just down quite a bit recently. And also, for whatever reason, they also tangled in Facebook with this story from Cointelegraph. But to keep it simple and to cover it quick, the main question that I might ask and that other people might have is, do you think, in this case specifically and in general, is there any correlation between the stock market and and crypto and Bitcoin? Because a lot of people might say that if the stock market is struggling, people might turn to Bitcoin as a little bit of a safe haven. It's still really risky, but people consider it outside the system and possibly safe. Or uh, uh, So, yeah, that's the question. Is there or should there be any correlation in this case or in general? Uh, no, um, <clears throat> the crypto market is too small. Uh, there's okay. the traditional markets don't give two shits about what happens in crypto. <laughs> uh, it's you know you've got you've got 
many, 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 many companies out there that have valued high valuation in the entire crypto space. So it's, it's not even a blip on the radar. Um, coming back to some more in depth on that, though, I believe that if we see a trust issue once more uh, within the financial system, like we did in the global financial crisis with a bad right, underwriting of just toxic debt being given AAA bond ratings, um, <clears throat> we see something like this where the big big dogs of town walk away going, ha, 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 we're not going to jail, you're all poor, I'll get back on my yacht. Um, that, is, that is an area where I do believe that we will see um, potentially a shift and, and, and a, a recalibration of investment uh, into crypto uh, and it's just because the lack of trust i mean you think about you think about the the generation you know up to between sort of 25 or 20 and 45 um probably more like 25 and 45 25 year old will have uh, been seven 16 17 when the gfc hit they'll have seen their parents go through some struggles it will have been a part of their life and they'll be conscious enough and old enough to have remembered that that period of time so they'll have their own opinions based on however it hit their family you then jump into my age group, which is, you know, mid-30s. Uh, I traded through it. It didn't affect me too badly because I didn't have a great deal of uh, riches at the time. As a matter of fact, the GFC was where I made my first proper money because I was trading it. Um, and I saw a lot of people get hurt by that. And what did piss me off was the greed and the lack of responsibility. So it shit. I was like, this is bullshit. Yes, I've done phenomenally well from this, but a lot of people are hurting, and I don't, and that's rubbish. That, that's not fair, and nobody's being persecuted for this. It, it just seemed like such a corrupt system to me, and it really annoyed me. So if we start to see that those 16-year-olds those are now in their mid-20s, if we see that again occur over the next two, three, four, whenever, I think that you'll have a lot more action from my demographic that do have some money, a lot more demo, a lot more from the mid-40s, the 10 years, the decade above me, because they'll have more money and it will affect them and they'll need to recalibrate. Hey, this is the second time it's happened. We're not going through this a third time. And then you'll also have the younger generation that are going, look, we're not suckers. We've seen it happen twice now. We are going over here. We don't have a lot, but we're not going to start in this space. We're going to start in this space, which might be crypto assets. So... It's a, it's a more of a bigger picture viewpoint. The direct correlation between markets, nada, nada. If, if Bitcoin falls and, and the Dow falls, that's called Got a coincidence. It. Got it. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, it's a great point, though, that, uh, you know, a ton of people love Bitcoin because it's, it's outside of the banking system and, and the traditional investment system and, and the debt system and stuff. So I, I totally agree that in time, if if you know debt does fall apart ever again, then yeah, totally agree. Some people might try to get away from that system. So, <laughs> all right, Tim. Yep. Tim, hit us okay, with the yeah. finale here. Every time we drag somebody in to talk to Daniel, because we do like to let them have a little bit of time to express themselves afterwards. Um, no, we we uh, we like to ask people when we have them on the show to give us your favorites. Doesn't have to be any particular thing of what I'm going to list. Just the general idea: your uh, favorite memory, your worst memory in, in crypto, uh, the best time you got scammed, the best time you misplaced money, the best time you dealt with some random person. If you had a, a really famous you. Really, just like maybe the most prominent moment you can think of off the top of your head having to do with uh, 
crypto, Bitcoin, anything in this space, uh, just give us like your favorite story if you were going to tell it at like a bar or something like that. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, that's a good one. Um, look, there's, there's a heap of them, but I think that the, the most powerful one, um, I was fortunate enough to um, be able to go to lunch with Charlie Lee about, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. Oh, wow. And sit down and, and, and talk with him. Um, Check out his watch, which was cool. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a watch guy, but um, sort of sit down and, and and discuss with him just the space. Um, obviously, he is a blinkered person. When I say blinkered person, it's Litecoin or, or that's it. That's his world. And I think that space in something is is important. Now, it really got me hard because. It comes back to what I learned from a very young age with the different mentors that I had. Because I, I used to, what you were doing with your show is asking the same guest the same question. And I think it's fantastic. I did this as a kid. I've, I've been fortunate enough to be around people that have done very well in their lives. And I had a simple question, which was, you know, if you took your business from two million turnover to twenty, just the what was the catalyst? What was the what was the turning point to try and find if there was something there that was uniform and what they all said more or less um, was it's when you take yourself out of the business and you start working on the business and that mm. stuck with me forever right but I got this back from Charlie Lee when uh, we were talking about Litecoin and its future and he wasn't interested in the noise he, he didn't even know what was going on as far as a lot of stuff. I, was, I, was, I was actually deeply surprised and shocked that you don't know this um, <laughs> But then, then it hit me that he's working on the business. He's looking for Litecoin to be used without us even knowing it's being used. He, he, he wants it to be that ingrained into our life. Now, he's a visionary in that regard, and he's working towards that goal. Now, all the little bumps along the way, he, it's, there is, it's like being on a road. You, know, you, you sit in your car and, and uh, you know, the, the road is made up of literally billions of little tiny stones all laid out. You, you don't feel each of the rocks, but if you got out of the car and pulled one rock out and jumped on it, it would hurt like hell. But he's on that path. He's on, he's on that road and he's just going down that path. He's focused on the objective that he's trying to achieve. So that to me drove home two things, right? Two things. <laughs> it drove home that saying that, that I'd been told from these other successful entrepreneurs that I'd met, and not just entrepreneurs, but you know, business people, of working not in the business and getting wrapped up inside of it, but working on it by having a good perspective and working on the actual plan, it brought that into the into the void, as into the perspective of cryptocurrency. And it was the first time, other than my own, um, you know, analysis of things and the noise, like I've spoken to you guys, but it was in that that I really thought this this is interesting. This is this is the two marrying together, and this is somebody who is probably one of the top five influences uh, and success stories in the space uh, thinking in this way. And it, it, it affected me more when I slept on it. And the next day it sort of all sunk in. I was like, shit, this is good. This is, this is what we want. It's, he's not interested in the noise. He's interested in the outcome. And, and with that being said, and the brains that are in the space, I think that we're in a pretty safe, well, I should say safe, but we're, we're in good hands. That was a big nice. one for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a great story. Great person, great project, and he's making it happen. Good stuff. This has been Craig Trader Cobb. Thanks for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. 
we really had a lot to cover and it was great <laughs> we, we great stories from you great thoughts and comments and especially loved hearing about what you do and your experience ladies and gentlemen thanks for joining us yeah thanks again craig it's been perfect we'll be back next thursday live from 9 to 10 p.m eastern time make sure you also tune in for tim's two cents on monday and the coin pod with zach on tuesday and in the meantime all of that and so much more can be found at you me and btc.com and we definitely encourage you to check out tradercob.com that's with two b's and you know he's got his own podcast too so if you're listening you probably like podcasts you can find his there he's everywhere on stitcher itunes whatever else so that's all there google play all right guys we'll catch you next week we're over time so until next time thanks guys thanks again guys This is firefighter Raphael Poirier reminding you that every day a portion of every firehouse sub's purchase goes towards helping first responders. Try the new pastrami Reuben, loaded with hot pastrami, sweet and tangy slaw, and melted Swiss. For a limited time, get a medium pastrami Reuben for just $6.39. Firehouse subs, enjoy more subs, save more lives. Limited time offer at participating locations. Firehouse subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Check out TraderCobb.com because experience matters. This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not TraderCobb or the audio presenter.